Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. Other people want to make friends. I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain, but to teach, educate, put it in context. Call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. Every day, we discover the stocks of more companies that can do better now that we're averaging 3 million vaccines per day and everyone has a shot at getting, well, <laughs> a shot. Even on a not-so-hot day like this one, Dow declined 97 points. S&P hit 0.10%. NASDAQ edged down 0.05%. It feels like there's no end to the good news. Even better, stocks don't bake in those positives in one fell swoop. Instead, it takes days and days for good news to work its way into the share prices, like the way the news used to travel by train, giving you many chances to buy on the way up. All aboard! I've been in this business for 40 years, and this is something you've almost never seen. I, I can't remember it. I mean, it, 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 the confounding slow-motion discounting process is a major reason why so many stocks stay buoyant, even when there's really no news. Case in point, the cruise lines. Last night, we spoke to Frank Del Rio. The, I just love him. He's the CEO of Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings. Oh, man, he came out fired, didn't he? He let the CDC have it for refusing to even have a conversation with him about what it will take to get a ship sailing again. He's insisting that everyone be vaccinated, passengers and crew. He's willing to operate at only 60% of the capacity. He's got new air filtration systems and cleaning protocols. In short, Norwegian's done everything the regulars could ask for and much more. And it's meant nothing, nothing at all to the regulators. So yesterday, Del Rio threw down the gauntlet on this show. He threw the gauntlet at the CDC. And well, what happened? His stock led the S&P 500 just on that news. Then today, Norwegian announced it intends to return to service in the Caribbean and Europe, also starting in July. To me, that's not much of a surprise. I mean, he said the same thing about America. Why would the rest of the world be different? In any other market, it would be a yawner. Oh, not in this market. It set Norwegian stock up. Another 4.6%. Unless you've been trading for ages, you just don't realize how extraordinary this is. 
Think about it. Norwegian didn't get approval of sale in the U.S. That's why they're berating the CDC. You could easily argue the stock deserved to go down on that news. I mean, think about it. Can you imagine a broker dressing down the SEC? How about a drug company blowing up at the FDA? Maybe an airline hassling the FAA? I mean, the shareholder base would have a heart attack, wouldn't it? That's effectively what Del Rio's doing with the CDC. He's had it with his regulator. He's willing to unload it on them in public. In another environment, a stock would go down not just in one session, but in two of them. Certainly not rally for two straight days and rally big. I mean, leading the S&P. And look, even if you do regard this as good news, usually traders sell into good news, don't they? With Norwegian, they're, they're not just buying it. They're buying it for two straight days. Like somebody didn't get the memo yesterday? Hey, you know what? While we're at it, same deal with the casinos. For days, we've been hearing that Vegas is doing better. El Macau's just crushing it with some really strong numbers. Much better than we've seen in ages. Days! All right, my response is, okay, tell me something I don't know. Yet Wynn Resorts rallies for three days in a row on the same news? That's right. Each day, a new firm comes out with something positive about the casinos. But <laughs> exact same positive. And yet it works every time, like a charm. Today was Argus giving what was a $131 stock, a $160 price target. People lapped it up, which is why wins now $136 stock. When I heard about the recommendation, I wondered, all right, who, who in his right mind would possibly buy this stock for the same thing the other guys just said? The answer, apparently a lot of people. What else? Every day we get good vaccination numbers, and, and, and that's most days. Some analysts say something positive about some restaurant chain and the stock worse. It's gotten almost giddy. All right, get this one. Today, an alpha called Atlantic Equities initiated coverage on Yum. Uh, that's the parent of Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut with a hold. Okay, not a buy. Not a buy. Uh-uh, not a buy. A hold. The stock was at 110. The analysts gave it a 118 price target. I figured Yum would sell off the response. Really, a lukewarm piece of research. I mean, think about it. <laughs> The stock at most is going to go up eight points. Oh, no, not in this market. The darn stock rallies 3% to 114, swiftly closing in on the price target. That hole was a neutral to negative call, in my opinion. Not a positive. But this market, uh-uh, it treats any price target boost above the current price as a current call to buy. Every day for the last four days, a brokerage firm has spoken positively about one of my faves, Constellation Brands, reports on Thursday. Now, you'd think the buyers would be sated by now, right? Or at least a little concern that the stocks run too much going into the quarter, especially when the company's sales in Texas, which is just a huge market, might have been slowed by superstar Yuri. No, not this. Oh, no, not in this tape. Each time that some analyst says something positive, and it's the same positive, don't get me wrong. They have no new information. Constellation stock rallies. Again, if it, 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 it's as if the investors are just hearing the good news for the first time. Hey, wake up, guys. If someone does it tomorrow, can you at least admit that I told you about it last night? Yesterday, GM and Ford both caught upgrades from Wells Fargo based on the potential for higher sales. Their stocks soared. Top performers in the averages. Uh, even though we know that Ford could miss numbers thanks to the chip shortage. Sure enough, today, what happened? Well, they went up again on a down day. And nobody said anything. How's it possible? Well, look, in any other market, the short sellers would be swarming around these old school automakers, salivating the possibility of missed quarters. Something which, because of this chip shortage, is definitely a possibility, particularly for Ford. Oh, no, not in this market. This market loves a second-day move after a big call. It's like, you know, it's like leftovers taste as good as the first course. It's like Thanksgiving in my house. Sometimes you can predict what's going to happen next. Two different firms raised their price targets for Chipotle today. All right, now get this. So on that, what happened? Of course, the stock jumped 35 points at 1487. 
Now, work with me here. You have to figure that firms with price targets that are below 1487 or around it will come out tomorrow and raise those targets because they don't want to be left behind. And given the way this market operates, that will move this stock up. In fact, let me tell you something. I bet that Chipotle could have a real run here now that its actual stores will soon be able to be open all over the country. I see on the next few days, because we've got these price target boosts, I see this stock taking out 1564. That's right, the high on the next few boosts. And they're coming. You'll thank me that I told you this one. Finally, there's a curious case of Walmart. Today, a firm comes out and talks about how Walmart plus their big initiative to beat Amazon has been sluggish. Oh, man. OK, so we own Walmart for my charitable trust, and I figured it would get dinged pretty hard after yesterday's big run. I was already trying to make an excuse for the pummeling in my preparation for my ActionAlertsPlus.com conference call on Thursday. But then, mid-morning, we hear rumors, just rumors, that Flipkart, their subsidiary in India, the one that they control, might come public in the fourth quarter. Oh, I said, oh, my God, now they're really going to crush the because People have been saying over and over again that Flipkart has been a bust. Oh, oh no, not in this tape. Now everyone got excited about it. And a stock that looked down, look, it really looked, it looked, I thought it'd be down a couple of smackers. It ends up coming back with a vengeance, finishing the day up half a percent. It was the sixth best performer in the Dow. I don't know how long this kind of action can last. Still, it's staggering to realize that a bit of good news can last for days and days and days in this market. The impact, it just makes you not want to sell, right? Because it's become a virtuous circle. You don't want to sell. They want to buy. Bottom line, a rally that doesn't bring out sellers is a crazy good thing. And that's exactly what we have right now. It's why I think Walmart, Yum! Brands, and Chipotle can keep running. It's why I expect more of the same from the casinos and the cruise stocks. No news in this market is new news. And it's almost always good. Anthony in New York. Anthony! How you doing, Jim? I'm a long-time listener. I love your show. Oh, Jim says a, hi. What's I want, up? I want, I want to give a big shout-out to my firehouse where I work in Engine 6, 8, Ladder 4, in the Bronx. Booyah! Booyah! Absolutely! <laughs> All right. Uh, I, purchased, I purchased Camping World, uh, symbol CWH, at $29 in December. What are your feelings on the stock for 2021? First, let me just term? tell you something. I, here's what I feel about Anthony in New York. I think Anthony in New York is a pretty smart guy because a lot of people were not a believer, but you were a believer. I think this stock can go even higher. Why? Because Lamonis has got horse sense. That's why. All right. Um, what if we, I wanted more calls. All right, I went on too long about these. Hey, this is my one. Look at this one. This one tomorrow will get a bunch of uh, price target pumps, and it'll be to the moon. YOLO! This market has investors feeling giddy, and it's unlike anything I've ever seen. Investors are buying the good news, not selling it. And then they're buying it again. That's why I think the rallies and numbers are Chipotle, Walmart, Yum! Brands, any casino, any cruise line will continue. Now, on Mad Money tonight, even as vaccinations pick up across the U.S., we must wear masks to curb the epidemic. And I know you're probably not going to want this one. It's not available. But tonight, I'm talking with Will I M and Honeywell to see if they've discovered the future of face masks. And it won't be like this. Hey, am I protecting you? And then with the Dow and the S&P both hitting record highs before closing slightly lower, where do we go next? I'm heading off the charts to find out. 
And Qualtrics and ServiceNow are teaming up to help companies in a big way. I'm sitting down with a top brass to learn more about the partnership. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere, you can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash madmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash madmoney right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash madmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For over a year now, we've been told to wear masks pretty much everywhere to stop the spread of COVID-19. And this whole time, we've had this huge problem with non-compliance. Some of that's because the pandemic became a culture war issue. But a lot of it said, well, come on, masks are a hassle. It, they're uncomfortable. Uh, it messes up your skin. It knocks out your headphones. And worst of all, it looks bad. Not many people can pull off the surgical mask aesthetic. So the whole world's desperate for a mask that actually looks good, something a lot more fashionable, which brings me to Super Mask. That's an incredibly cool product just launched by Honeywell in partnership with Will I Am. Yeah, the world-renowned musician, producer, entrepreneur, even I know the Black Eyed Peas. And we're lucky enough to have Will I Am here with us tonight, along with John Walter. He's the president and CEO of Honeywell's safety and productivity solutions business. We'll talk more about this thing of beauty. Mr. Waldron, Will I Am, welcome to Mad Money. Hey, how you doing? Thanks, Jim. All right, guys, let's go right to work because I was involved with a mask contest. And candidly, Will, I'm a little jealous here because you've got something that is definitely aspirational. But in a lot of ways, it's got what most matters. It's got ventilation and filtration. I know this is almost impossible to put together one mask. How are you able to create it? 
Well, I was, um, I have a pretty awesome team that I put together um, for the past three years. And we just try to solve the problem on wearability, comfortability, um, expressibility, and other functionalities like Bluetooth, because it's hard to talk on the phone while you have a mask on. You have to speak out, you have to, you know, project your voice so it, so it, you know, it competes with the, the thing that's covering your, your, your mouth. So we, we wanted to put all these functionalities together. And then when we partnered with Honeywell, they really took the filtration to a totally different level. Yeah, but I got to tell you, having done some stuff with, with uh, Honeywell, with John Waldron and his group, they are amazing. John, I see this as a rat, as really as the, just the continued extension of what I see Honeywell's being, frankly, a great healthcare company. People better start looking at it like that because this is an example of what no one else has been able to design. So tell us how you got together and tell us where you think this mask can go. Well, I mean, first of all, we got together in the midst of crisis, right? I mean, we're all kind of buttoned down last year at about this time. And, you know, Will's traveling back and forth for his work. And, you know, we're trying to lean forward to help society. And those two streams really collided about midsummer last year, you know, by way of introduction from Mark Benioff. So we're thrilled to have had that introduction. But since then, it's been a terrific jam session. I mean, we've been grinding every day, every week to iterate and improve and really be ready for launch to, uh, to make today possible. Now, uh, Will, this mask is more stylish than anyone I've seen. Frankly, they're all pretty ugly, but this one's kind of cool. So who helped you design it? So there's this fellow by the name of um, Jose Fernandez that works at Ironhead, and now he's a part of the Supermask team officially. He designed all the, um, the headgear and the, and the outfits that you see in Tron. He designed the outfit for... Um, um, the Black Panther, Spider-Man's mask. So that's the reason why you have that futuristic sci-fi film brought today, because that type of design and um, you know attention to detail and futurism brought now is done by Jose Fernandez. All right, so John, I happen to know how hard it is to make these masks. It looks like you you get a mock-up, and then you guys go to work to make it uh, totally functional. Was this a tough one? It was a very difficult process, but I tell you, when you bring the best engineers together from both Will's team and from throughout Honeywell, really, we found that anything's possible. I think you, you would agree that it's been pretty consistent with what we've been doing for the last year and, and much longer in some of these tremendous innovations that we've been bringing to market you know, to help in this pandemic crisis, whether that's you know the UV air cleaners for aircraft, whether that's the healthy building technology to bring kids back to schools, or our rapid expansion of our N95 mask enterprise, you know, we've been doing all kinds of things along these fronts, uh, like the super mask development process, which I think has proven challenging, but fun. No, look, I've got to tell you, having worked with you guys, there isn't anything you don't seem to want to accomplish because you understand the importance of healthcare. Now, I know, Will, I met you through Mark Benioff. Mark and I both feel that if we only had the mask that people wanted to wear, we could really solve a lot of what is this bizarre cultural divide between people who think it's a political issue. It's not. It's a safety issue, but it's a style issue. Can this conquer the divide, Will? You know, I remember traveling back and forth to Asia um, in 1998 and then after um, the, SARS, the SARS outbreak in 2002. And then 2003 and four and five, I didn't really understand why people were wearing masks because the Western world didn't really have empathy. They didn't really have context of what you know people were going through out there. 
Um, and now that we've all got hit by COVID pretty hard, you see why they continue to wear masks after you know, the, the SARS outbreak. So I think people will continue to wear masks and if masks like the super masks have other functionality, I think you're gonna, uh, giving people an option like people wear sneakers and basketball shoes and no one and a lot of them don't play basketball. That the same shit happened for masks. There needs to be other functionalities that protect you. Like people forgot that shoes are protective gear. Just they help your ankles out, they help your feet when you're traveling on terrain that could that could you know damage your feet. But we've long past looked at shoes as protective gear, but they're just cultural items that we go out and buy. The mask should have the same type of attention to detail, love and care. To, to where you're not compromising aesthetics for keeping yourself and other people safe. I totally agree. Matter of fact, Will, I am convinced that what you're seeing now is a belief that this is not our first pandemic. There will be many more, and not our only pandemic. It's our first, but there'll be many more. I want to stockpile yours when it's available. When can I get one? Well, we go live on uh, the 8th. You could go to supermass.com and order yours, and we will ship shortly over to wherever your address is. Wow, I am going to get one. I, I have a stockpile of masks that are from the beginning, and I want something that is stylish but also does the job. One of the things that I've learned about Honeywell, John, is that when you do filtration, it's not like, I mean, I, you know, I got one. I'm just putting up right now some mad money one. It's good. It's good. But I want filtration that is the equivalent of what I can get at the top level mask. Can this give it to me? Well, we've certainly learned a lot from our experience in the industrial and the healthcare setting uh, with our N95 and N99 respirator business. And we have brought a lot of that expertise to bear here. Uh, this, this particular uh, super mask has a very unique uh, patented filter design, which we're very proud of, that brings you know, top-notch fil filtration without sacrificing usability or fashion. So I think we've tried to blend the, both, the best of both worlds now, while keeping a pretty clear line in terms of, you know, what's an industrial product and what's for commercial use, as well as, you know, kind of what's in this consumer segment that Will and his team are going to go take, you know, take hold of. Well, Will, I, I haven't worked with Honeywell on some mock designs. I was pretty shocked. I mean, what they did was they took what I wanted to do and took it to the next level. The cooperation between you and a traditional American company. I know you're a business person, so it's not even an issue. But did these guys take your game to the next level? You know, we're blessed to have an awesome team with Shoresh and the guys um, to, to align and help us complete the thought. You know, I, I couldn't have imagined a better team to, to partner with. Um, so thank you, John, for, for putting us with the best engineers over at Honeywell to help us complete this thought with Supermask. All right. I want to uh, thank John, first of all, for all the other work you did with, uh, with my mask competition and for your incredible giving nature. And Will, I don't know, man, if there's anything you can't do. I mean, I, I know you were, I know you as a business person before I knew you as a music, musician because I'm somewhat culturally robbed. But you are terrific. I want to thank both of you for coming on Mad Money. And congratulations. This is the mask that I want. All right. It's not the piece of paper that's in front of my face. Thank you so much, guys. That's John Waldron. Thanks, Honeywell Jim. Safety. Absolutely. Safety and productivity solutions. And we've got, yes, Thanks, Will I am. I've got to tell you, this is a team up that's going to make you think twice about not wearing a mask. Stick with Kramer. Coming up, will all investors kindly check your emotions at the door? You need clear eyes to spot a top. Kramer's taking his 2020 vision off the charts. Next. 
The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge, and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. With the Dow and the S&P both hitting record highs today, foreclosing slightly lower, where do we go next? I think there's a lot to like about this market. You know that. But the current leadership groups have had some enormous runs, right? I mean, so you got to wonder, I mean, how much longer can it last? At times like this, rather than just getting emotional about it, you need to, to avoid getting swept away by that feeling of euphoria that I talked about at the top of the show. And that's what the technicals are for. So tonight we're going off the charts with the help of the legendary Tom DeMarc. And now, Tom is the pioneering head of DeMarc Analytics. Her, all my life I have followed this man's storied history of timing the market much better than almost everyone. For over a year now, ever since, I would say lately, better than anyone. For over a year now, we've been hearing about the first COVID outbreak in China, and he's had a remarkable track record. DeMarc called the meltdown last February. He called the bottom last March. He called the pullback late October, along with the election day bottom. And right now, DeMarc's telling you, proceed with some caution. His model suggests that we're moving into a high-risk period right now, and he's expecting a near-term top in the stock market, not to mention bond yields and Bitcoin. Nice to have a little bit of contrary view here, right? Let's start with the daily chart of the S&P 500. Now, DeMarc's methodology is all about spotting key levels and key times where the action's likely to change course. Remember, this is predictive. It's not just coincidental. When it comes to the S&P, he's saying we're getting very close. In terms of timing, he and his team look for a 13-session countdown pattern, 13-session countdown pattern that tells them when a rally should run out of steam. Right now, the S&P needs two more days to fit the pattern. Two days where the index has both a higher high and a higher close. But the countdown alone is not enough to call top. Before that can happen, DeMarc also needs to see the S&P hit his price projection, which puts the peak around 4139. OK, that's up a little more than one percent from here. That's roughly where you'd expect it to go after a couple of updates, which would complete DeMarc's sell countdown. When both of those things happen at roughly the same time, it doesn't have to be exactly the same day. His method tends to reliably predict trend reversals. If only one indicator is hit, though, it could be point to a more modest move. For example, DeMarc's price projections nailed the short-term tops in mid-February and early September. But because his timing indicators didn't cooperate, he predicted some minor short-term pullbacks, which is exactly what we got. So it's got some variation to it. Here's another way to look at it. In February and March, the S&P had a pair of rallies, both of which lasted nine trading days and produced 7% gains. 
The first was January 29th, February 9th. The second was from March 4th to March 17th. So far, the most recent rally has lasted for six trading days, but it's already taken the S&P up 6%. That's what it looks like when a trend is about to exhaust itself. Okay, exhausted. Once the S&P uh, peaks, it could have a floor of support around 3909. All right, we see the floor. Uh, though it, it, it breaks down below that level to Mark's expecting some serious carnage. Beware. If you zoom out with the S&P's weekly chart, he notes that we're facing the same kind of uptrend exhaustion this coming week. The first time that happened since the bottom last March. Remember, he's been bullish. Big, big. This has been dead right. This has been his market. How about the action in Dow Jones Industrial Average? Okay, according to DeMarc, the pattern here is pretty much identical to what we saw with the S&P. If we get two more sessions where the Dow gives you both a higher high and a higher close, and if it rallies another 1.5% to its price target of 33959, might want to write that down, okay, 33959, then the chart says this move will run out of steam. Okay, now here's a quirky one, though. The NASDAQ. It's a little different because it's so tech-heavy. Check out the daily action in the QQQ. That's an ETF that tracks the NASDAQ 100, the 100 largest non-financial companies in the NASDAQ composite. The QQQ peaked in mid-February, then spent the next month getting hammered as professional Professional money managers embraced the great reopening thesis and ditched the kind of tech stocks that were last year's biggest winners. A lot of them have fallen heavily this year. However, in the last few weeks, the Nasdaq 100 is rebounding hard off its lows, up 11%, and DeMarc believes it has the potential to climb another 5% from these levels. Purely based on the technicals, he thinks the Nasdaq has a lot more upside potential than the Dow or the S&P, at least for the moment. And don't forget, we started seeing nice rally in the high price to sales today, but yesterday was all about fang. In other words, DeMarc's methodology tells him we could be on the verge of a significant counter trend move, where the Dow and the S&P give up some of their gains, while the Nasdaq 100 plays catch up. It's a bold call at a time when most money managers want to double down on the great reopening trade. Very contrary. But DeMarc's made a lot of those over the last 13 months, and he's usually right. Now, there's only one way we get a breakdown in the Dow and the S&P, coupled with the rally in the NAS. That's if the bond market changes course. For months, stocks have been marching to the tune of the bond market. I tell you that every day. As Treasury yields surged, the high-flying growth names got slammed, while the boom and bust cyclicals roared higher. They're in sync with each other to roll back that, some of that rotation. Well, what needs to happen? Treasury yields need to go lower. All right, take a look at this. This is incredible. This is a daily chart of the yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury. DeMarc's methodology accurately predicted the bottom in Treasury yields, all right, last August. And now, he says, look out, peak. Just look at down the S&P. If the yield on the 10-year gives up two more higher highs and higher closes in a row, that signals a top. For me, that's the linchpin of this whole thesis, okay? Remember, this is the 10-year yield index. It's not the price, okay? If the yield of the 10-year finishes DeMarc's countdown pattern and starts rolling over, which I think it might have been starting today, well, that will drag the Dow and the S&P, which also the Dow did go down today. Plus, lots of money managers will figure they've got the bond market's permission to buy tech hand over fist. One last thing. All right, can't resist Bitcoin. Check out the daily chart of the king of cryptocurrencies that's doubled in price since mid-December. Now, I have always said I am not a crypto expert. I am, I, my ken is stocks, all right? But DeMarc's system has predicted some major inflection points in this thing. And now he's seeing an uptrend exhaustion pattern in Bitcoin. Wow. 
just like he spotted it in the, down the S&P. No one wants to hear that if these people talk about Bitcoin endlessly, right? DeMarc's timing indicators are now firing warning signs. And if Bitcoin reaches its price target, it's 66347. So that's still far away. You, may look, you might want to hang on to that. He's expecting a significant top, though. 14% gain from these levels. But given the volatility in hurting cryptocurrencies, that's certainly something to keep an eye on. That could happen over the weekend. The bottom line. The charts, as interpreted by the legendary Tom DeMarc, suggest that we might be headed for a major reshuffling. He thinks the Dow, the S&P, Bitcoin, and long-term treasury yields could have one last hurrah, two or three solid up days in a row before rolling over. Doesn't necessarily mean they'll stay down. But if DeMarc's predictions come true, well, then I think you need to get a lot more cautious about the areas that have been winning. Much more mad money yet, including my exclusive with Qualtrics and ServiceNow, two hot ones. The companies are teaming up to help improve productivity. But could the deal also improve your portfolio's performance? And then I'm talking GameStop and AMC and the chorus of whole and all your calls. Rapid fire tonight's edition of the Lightning Round. So stay with Kramer. I always say about about this market. It is kind of lost interest in the software as a service stocks. I think it's momentary. Doesn't mean these great growth companies have stopped innovating. Just this morning, we learned that Qualtrics International, a newly public cloud software outfit focused on experience management, is partnering up with Kramer Fave Service now. Qualtrics has tools that quantify how customers actually feel about companies' products real time. ServiceNow's platform helps automate repetitive tasks. Together, they're working on a suite of solutions to help customers integrate sentiment the actual sentiment the customers have into their decision-making. This is exactly what we want to see from software as a service cohort, even as hedge funds keep giving these stocks a cold shoulder. Eventually, they're going to come back in style in the Wall Street fashion show because companies can't live without their products. And when they do, you know which ones are winners. So let's take a closer look at this partnership with Ryan Smith, the founder and executive chairman of Qualtrics International, first-time guest, and Bill McDermott, president and CEO of ServiceNow. Old hand, gentlemen, welcome to Mad Money. Hey, thanks for having us on, Jeff. Absolutely. Okay, so Ryan, I think when I think of Qualtrics, I think about creating a culture of action. How can a culture of action be paired with ServiceNow to do great for your clients? Jim, look, most people who come on these days, I listen to your show, I watch it. They're talking about digital transformation when reality is most companies are actually going through an experience transformation. They really want to get into the hearts and minds of their customers because as us as consumers, as employees, we've changed. We actually know what a good experience looks like. We want to help and only work with brands who are providing a good experience. And that's the world that we live in today. And so Qualtrics, we created a new category. It's a $60 billion market, XM or experience management, where we're the only platform, cloud native platform that brings the customer, the employee, and really gives management team data of customers, employees, products, and brands to make decisions which really focus on the hearts and minds of their consumer and their audience and drive change. And so we think about driving change in a partnership with ServiceNow and rewiring how organizations make decisions. Um, it's a match made in heaven. And so we're super excited today. Okay, so Bill, one thing I know about you, the customer comes first, second, and third. It is just your lifeblood. So put me in the room, say, with a a university client or maybe an auto client, a restaurant client, where you are doing your best and Qualtrics and you together are going to do even better. I'm happy to, Jim. Good to be back with you. Um, Empathy at mass scale is really the competitive differentiator of this generation. How can you take all the sentiment analysis from your consumers 
and your employees and essentially put that into a system of action so you can rethink the way you run your business for great outcomes, really creating the loyalty effect. In fact, we work with Qualtrics on a well-known national restaurant that rethought their whole customer support and operations model based upon the sentiment of the customer themselves. And, you know, the hidden benefit here is the employees love it because they really want to solve the problems and serve the customer at their very best. And that's what the workflow automation platform of ServiceNow does. It actually enables work to work better for people. You mentioned uh, university, Jim. We're also working with many universities, but one in particular in this future of work world where people are working from anywhere. You have to get them their computer gear, their networking gear. You have to get students and teachers up and running flawlessly. And you have to listen to them on what's working and what's not. So we're working with the best universities, one in particular that has harmonized their whole operation on Qualtrics and ServiceNow. So it's an exciting partnership, Jim. And I I have a long history with uh, Qualtrics, so this is a lot of fun for me. I like that. I like your enthusiasm for it. Now, Ryan, we don't know each other, but I'm thinking uh, a friend of mine who takes business school, uh, his business school, tells me that people are using Qualtrics. Nine out of 100 business schools are using your product to be able to do case studies, which I guess gives you a real leg up once they're in the real world. Yeah, we have about 700,000 students that are graduating that are trained on Qualtrics. It truly is becoming... Um, the new way to operate an organization. And, and, and the real crux of it is how do you run your business from the outside in? Too long we've run from the inside out, but for the first time ever, we have a single platform in the cloud that allows you to bring all of those voices together in real time and make decisions. And um, that's that's truly what it's about. I was with I was with a group of CEOs a couple of weeks ago where we had a CEO from a major um, credit card company, one of the top credit card companies, one of the major airlines, and one of the leading hotel chains. Every single one of them is using Qualtrics, but every single one of them is trying to figure out how to operate in this new world. 85% of their employees went home and they've got to go create this new experience. Their customers are traveling and they're booking differently. And they've got to actually run a new playbook and go through what we call the experience transformation. And they can do that now, which is pretty exciting. All right, so Bill, fill us in. I mean, you've got your uh, you got your finger in the pulse of, uh, better than anyone I know in all of industry. It sounds like things are pretty darn good. The pandemic ending, some people coming back to work, you can probably give us a feel on how many. But that the tone of business worldwide for you, my friend, is pretty darn good. It's excellent, Jim. I mean, when you think about twenty. 20- 20 as an example, you had a GDP situation that was declining in the world economy, yet at the same time, the investment in digital transformation was accelerating. So just think about a world that now begins to open up where GDP starts to climb and digital uh, transformation continues to accelerate at an even faster pace. I think this is uh, a really nice blend of opportunity for companies that are digital, uh, truly focused on customers and employees, and have great partnerships like the one we're announcing here with Qualtrics to fundamentally change the game and the way they serve people. 
Uh, now, I've got to, I, to tell you, Ryan, one of the things that's most fascinating, I urge everyone to go to the website. They've got some fabulous videos. Is this Under Armour? Very accessible. Before you came in, it's almost as if people said, hey, you know, this shoe looks good, or maybe there's five runners that like it. You've changed it. You've made it so it's empirical. Describe to people how you changed that culture. It's truly about reach. I mean, if you look at the pandemic and what's happened to companies like Uber, right? Everything came to a standstill where people didn't want to leave. They didn't want to travel at all. But Uber was able to reach out. They were able to leverage Qualtrics and really say, hey, wow, people trust this brand. They actually want things delivered to them. And Uber pivoted. Yeah, and they did amazing. it quickly with a, with a touchless service where they could drop off prescriptions, alcohol, groceries. And Uber Eats is now and is, is a huge part of the business going forward. And this is the type of experience and the touch and the reach that you don't need to go with a small group or a small subset of employees. You can actually personalize the experience for everyone. Yeah, I was and just shocked. That's that what the winners. Were, that people are able to pivot with, with your combination, with your two companies. If their business isn't strong enough, they can pivot and know that it'll be done with confidence. Both of you gentlemen are just sensational. Ryan, it's great that I, I finally got to meet you. I think Qualtrics is doing unbelievable things. Bill, you knew those guys at SAP. I would hate to lose them, but you remain very positive in your relationship with SAP. I know that. And all of you guys work together. I want to thank Bill McDermott, the CEO of ServiceNow. What a win this company has been because you're looking at a winner. And then Ryan Smith, welcome to the show, sir. Exec- the founder and executive chairman of Qualtrics, a red-hot company. Gentlemen, great to see you. Thanks. Thank Thanks, you, Jim. Jim. Great to great see you, to Bill. Great to see you, Ryan. I'm telling you guys, the market's going to shift again. And it's going to come back to these two companies. It's not always going to be with the red-hot railroads or the airlines. That's just not the way the market works. Stick with Kramer. Stick around. May I make a suggestion? I would stay with Kramer. The lightning round is coming up next. It is time. It's time for the lightning round. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski Daddy? Time for the lightning round. Let's start with Doc in New York. Doc. Hey, Doc. Jimmy Chill, Baba Booyah. I like that. Spirited. What's up? Uh, Ocugen, coming from, they think about getting a vaccine, but I think the bigger evaluation is with their ocular regeneration. Right. Their- uh, yeah. I mean, this is a Philly company. If they can get cartilage to, to regrow, it's huge. That's why it's a good spec. Okay. Just that, though. I need to go to Ed in West Virginia. Ed. Hi, Jim. Ed, what's up? Well, with the development of 5G, it's my understanding that the 5G towers will be smaller and closer together than the traditional cell towers. With the proliferation of this new technology, my question is, what does this portend for the manufacturers of the traditional cell towers like American Tower Corporation? Okay, what it says is that you shouldn't be buying American Tower, you should be buying Crown Castle. That's the better one. CCI, my travel trust. Under. Look at that rocket ship. That's where I would go. William in Michigan. William. Hi, Jim. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, my pleasure, William. I am looking to adjust my a portion of my portfolio by transitioning from tech to cyclical per your recommendation. The company recently announced an offering of convertible senior notes. However, the fundamentals are attractive. 
What are your thoughts on MP materials? MP materials is vital. This is rare earth. It is vital bye, bye, bye. for our EV industry, so I am on board. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, what happens when a stock starts to weigh heavy on the arms that pumped it up? Kramer explains why a company must do the heavy lifting. Next. Right now, there are way too many investors with what I call unrealistic expectations who think every stock can be like GameStop or Tesla. If the shareholders would just have the intestinal fortitude to keep buying and holding the line. Buy, 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 buy. I find this whole narrative insane. You can't look at the shareholder base in a vacuum. At the end of the day, stocks represent pieces of actual companies. And what those companies do matters. But when the Wall Street Bets cohort takes over the flow of certain stocks, they want to call the shots. And they expect management and all the shareholders to obey. Well, frankly, that is a recipe for disappointment. Don't get me wrong. It's important to know what your fellow shareholders are up to. Look at something like that Archegos, the fund that borrowed tons of money and then imploded. When that situation unfolded, I saw big market. Uh, they were pre-market trades. They were, you know, maybe 8.30, 9 o'clock, and they were in 10 cent in Baidu. Well, I figured that something was wrong at those companies, or maybe in China. No, it was Goldman Sachs shrewdly dumping the shares they'd repossessed from Archegos to protect their own balance sheet. Sell, 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 sell. Great job by Goldman. But this idea that the shareholder base can, uh, will, will a stock hire, well, let's say, I think it's misguided. I mean, they want to will it by pulling a Mel Gibson in Braveheart. Everybody shouting, hold to each other, and, and, until they wipe out the enemy cavalry, with the cavalry, in this case, being the short sellers? Hey, come on, that's crazy. Oh, and by the way, let's not forget, that movie does not end well for Mel Gibson. All right, what is wrong with the hold-the-line strategy? Simple, can only go so far. Right now, there are just two stocks that are being kept higher. GameStop and AMC. GameStop's buoyed by the hope that a new board member can shake things up. Certainly enough to justify the stock's 900% move. AMC's up 400% and maintaining attitude based on a belief that the short sellers have to be wrong. And the stock can rally if the, it's because it's the last movie theater standing. However, in the last two business days, both AMC and GameStop have made expanded moves to issue new stock so they can raise cash. The former wants to short the balance sheet. The latter wants to give management more firepower to turn things around. AMC is looking for authorization to sell 500 million shares or $5 billion worth of stock. Now, they most likely won't use that. They, not the full amount. That would that'd be wrong. But at least CEO Adam Aaron is thinking big and won't have to ask permission again if he wants to go back to the well. He can be ready for any spike in the stock, sell, or drop in attendance. Whoa, raise money. GameStop's only offering less than a billion dollars worth of stock and, and doing so at the market, not in a block, in part because they don't want to hurt the share price. Now, I immediately, when I read about both these, well, Adam did it on Mob, uh, he, he t- did it on Squawk on the Street, but I applauded these moves. AMC has some very expensive debt that I really, really don't like. And Adam Aaron can buy it back at a huge discount, something that would give its earnings a huge boost. Even if you account for the delusion. Aaron told me that he can use these shares to help beat the short sellers who play havoc with the stock. GameStop wants the money to give its 
sell more options. Hey, look, the future's grim for brick-and-mortar video game retailers, right? So they either need to make an acquisition to change their stripes, or maybe they, they try something totally new. Maybe gaming palaces filled with esports players who are competing for cryptocurrency. If you care about the future of either company or the long-term trajectory of their stocks, issuing shares up here is the right move. But the hold the line crowd, they hate these offerings. Oh boy, and they despise anyone who defends them. The way they see it, the companies are stabbing them in the back and siding with the short sellers. Wrong! That is totally wrong! AMC and GameStop need money. Raising capital is good for both companies, and over the long haul, what's good for the company should be good for the stock. Believe me, none of these executives wants to see their shares to go lower. But thanks to the paranoid style of American investing, anyone who defends these moves is getting raked over the coals on social media. Every time I talk about this stuff on air, I might as well be lighting my Twitter account on fire. Gasoline. Look, I'm a big boy, and you can take it as well as they can give it. Although Jimmy Chill blocks people, and they can't, and I'm not engaging. Ha! But I just wish so many new investors weren't being led astray by the whole philosophy. I know the Wall Street best crowd doesn't want to hear it. And I love them, but that's not how the stock market works. And I'm on your side anyway. I just hope their adherents wake up before they get hurt. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to try to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.